What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only, Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK Show, Tyler and I discuss the Pittsburgh Steelers' trade options as they made it clear who they don't want to trade Antonio Brown to. Also, since we last recorded, Zion Williamson injured his knee on a play everyone has probably seen by now, so we share our thoughts on the impact of Zion's injury. In the NBA, the Lakers are 11th in the Western Conference, and I am fed up with LeBron passing the blame to others. To close the show, we talk about who has been the most surprising and disappointing so far in the NBA, as we are 60 games in now. So yeah, let's, uh, let's start the show. What's going on, TP? How you doing, man? Freaking tired, man. I just uh, I just moved. Yeah, yeah it's did a, a big move. That was a that's always a pain in the ass. Uh, working a lot, so. I'm fucking exhausted, but I'm ready to, I, I always got energy to talk sports. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing better than talking sports. Uh, so let's just get right on, right on into it. Uh, we're going to start in the NFL real quick. Uh, some news came out uh, over the past couple of days in the NFL regarding uh, one of the premier players in the league, and that is none other than Antonio Brown. Uh, he met with Steelers ownership, and they basically mutually agreed that a trade was necessary. And uh, the Steelers have decided to announce to the world that they are not going to trade Antonio Brown to any team in the AFC North, basically any team in the AFC, really, and uh, especially the Patriots. So we're, I kind of want to get your thoughts on where you think the Steelers should trade Antonio Brown or what team should try and make a play for Antonio Brown. Yeah, well, I think it's definitely smart not trade him to the AFC North, which... Well, you never for want some, for some weird reason that always happens in the NFL. A lot of players, you know, switch sides. But uh, no team really truly ever wants to trade their no, best player no, to no, their rival. N- yeah, normally it's a sign as a signing thing because the player's familiar with the program. Um as far as teams going after Antonio Brown, I think everybody's probably going to kind of think about it, think what they have to offer. Um he's uh, he, you know, he's at the peak of his performance right now. You probably got it you know, a couple of years left of his prime that you can get some big numbers out of, even at the age of 30. Uh, so, you know, off top, yeah, it's tough because I think it's it's going to be draft pick based. Yeah, it's it's who's going to be willing to give up the most draft picks. Yeah, um, I think it's it's weird to try and find a kicker because I don't think as a as far as a player, because I don't think it's necessarily going to be a receiver. Well, and I don't think there really is a player comparable that could be a kicker in that type of deal for a player of Antonio Brown's caliber. Yeah, I don't know of any team that's just got a stud that's uh, like super unhappy right now or that's not working out. Well, you, I could what, I could think of maybe one. What you could what you could find, you know, like a like a Dante Fowler, 
you know, some whereas he was like a first round draft pick with Jacksonville. Yeah. You know, he's still young. Get him out, get him a fresh start, mm-hmm. and then maybe you can get that production that you thought you were going to get originally when he came out of college. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, Antonio Brown can go anywhere. I just hope I hope he just doesn't go to the Niners. Yeah, uh, I was watching NFL Live the other day, and a couple, uh, two teams that uh, the the people that were talking on the show, I can't remember who it was. Uh, one actually, one of them was a uh, former Steeler, Ryan Clark. Uh, he brought up the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I think Arizona's for sure a threat. Um, well, especially because, having the number one draft picked. Well, and it, it, yeah, that's definitely. I just don't know if you want to trade the number one, but trade the number one draft pick no matter what. Well, if they're Listen, Kyler Murray, I don't think he's going number one, and we all we all know the rumors of Cliff Kingsbury wanting I Ky- think Kyler if Murray. Confident with Rosen, then you know. But if you could trade Josh Rosen to Pittsburgh and get Antonio Brown back, you trade down in the draft for other assets that you have, and potentially get Kyler Murray further along down the down the road in the first round, or maybe Murray. even a later round. You could also see if Patrick Peterson's still in your good graces. Maybe you can do a signing trade. Yeah, that that also could be a possibility because, I mean, listen, Arizona hasn't been the most stacked roster lately, but, I mean, they do have a few assets they could get rid of. Yeah, they, uh, they've they had a really, really – they had a really good defense the last, like, five years. It just, just happened to fall off the last year or two, probably like a year and a half. Um, but they're, like, right back in the mix now, I think. I, I'm surprised that quarterback's even a question around Arizona. I think it's just because of a new coach. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the Combine earlier today, because uh, it's Combine week in Indianapolis, uh, the Cardinals GM was asked if Josh Rosen is their quarterback, and the GM was like, yeah, for right now. Well, you got to say that. Well, by, by him saying for right now means yeah. I, I could potentially see them moving on well, from Rosen. If you can upgrade the position, you always upgrade it. Uh, but I don't see them – I don't know. That would be, that'd be a wild pick. I just, but you know, people have surprised me before. It's not, it's not, it's not that, it's not that uncommon. Yeah. But Kyler Murray going number one overall, just I don't know how we got to Kyler Murray off of uh, well, Antonio Brown, but because because the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, listen, Josh Rosen's not his quarterback. He has a certain system he runs, and yeah. maybe Josh Rosen doesn't fit that. Yeah, that's uh, that that would be. That'd be a wild ride for Josh Rosen. That'd be super. It would be. I, listen, uh, I would. I but want... he can also beat him in camp. You know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent, he, he could. In, if he comes in and he wins the job, he can win the job. But, but no, here's the thing. I don't think there's a way. Well, I guess without them trading the number, one, without them trading the number one draft pick, the only way for him to them to get Kyler Murray would be at number one. I think so. the Cardinals are fucking up if they don't go Bosa at number one. That'd be awesome. I think I think I think they gotta go both number one. I think they gotta stick with Rosen at quarterback. And I definitely think that they should make a play for Antonio Brown. Definitely think that they should do all three of those things. Well, I don't think I, I just don't think that well, I mean, what if, Ro- what if, if Rosen's if I'm the, the Steelers? What if see, Rosen's the, the trade piece? It, it, exactly. If I'm the Steelers, I'm saying to the Cardinals, I want the number one draft pick and Josh Rosen. No. No. You, for Antonio uh, Brown? No, fuck no. Because then you're well, then you're trading the reason why you're getting rid of Rosen is because you got the number one pick to take Murray. Well, I would but, assume. But I'm saying as the Steelers, I'm trying to get the most out of. Then this you don't deal. have a quarterback. 
You're literally, if you trade away the first pick in the draft. No, I'm saying you trade away the first pick and then you trade another asset you have for a pick in the first round later on. And if Kyler Murray is still on the board, you take him or like you take the, the Steelers next. Steelers first round bet? Like the. Ah, sure. I don't know. I don't like that. I would not trade Rose. I would not take Antonio Brown for Rosen in the number one pick. But I'm quarterback's si- the most valuable position no. on the team, and the number one pick is the most valuable asset outside of a superstar. Right, Tyler. I'm not giving two tens away for one ten. Tyler, I'm saying as the if I were the Steelers, that is what I am asking Arizona yeah. for. Yeah, and then if I'm Arizona, I'm backing out. Exactly. And fuck off. Because, but listen, if I'm the Steelers, I'm trying to get the most out of a player who has had six straight years of over a thousand receiving yards. I say that, I mean, I would think that, you know, if the Cardinals are going to throw a piece in there, it's got to be one of their, their defensive back linebackers because they've got a lot of talent in those positions. Uh, you know, or maybe Rosen if you want to go Kyler Murray. But if I think they should roll with Bosa and, and stick with Rosen. Hey, I'm, try to I'm trade for, for that. Uh, try to trade for Brown, and if you've got to give up too much, walk away. It's not smart. Yeah. Um, as far as the Seahawks, I just don't know. Um, I just don't know he, if he that's where he would want to go. It doesn't I mean, really he, make much sense. Although, you know, the two the I I call, I I compare Ben Roethlisberger and, and Russell Wilson a lot in their in their ability to hold on to the ball too long, but it yeah. work out for them. <laughs> so Antonio Brown would probably be fit like a glove with Russell Wilson. I mean, that's why Doug Baldwin is so productive. It's not that he's the best athlete or the best player on the planet. The thing he just he can play well in the late scramble, and that's what Antonio Brown does as well. The re- the reason why I was shocked that the Seahawks were even brought up on NFL Live, be- I just think Russell Wilson is the type of quarterback to where he does so much for that offense. You can't really find room for Antonio Brown. It's like Antonio Brown is the offense when he co- well, when he walks that, into that's the room. What, that was kind of the issue with Jimmy Graham. Even though Jimmy Graham was productive with us, he ended up getting a lot of touchdowns. Um, Russell Wilson is not a guy that locks on to like a player. Exactly. He likes to spread the ball. It, it has nothing to do with who the fuck you are. It, he doesn't play with like that true number one. No, if you're open, you're open and you're getting the ball. Yeah, and you gotta, and you gotta. He's gonna hold on to the ball for a long time, so you have to be a player that can like adjust on the fly. Um, people, you know, people like these tight, you know, the tight ends that we've had that no one, you know, that like Luke Wilson. Yeah. Um, people that, you know, wouldn't be necessarily that productive, but they played well with Russell Wilson. Jermaine Curse uh, is another name that's on that list. Doug Baldwin is uh, went from an undrafted Tyler player. Tyler Lockett. Um, but Tyler Lockett at least was like a a higher draft pick. Yeah, I that's mean, fair. Doug Baldwin um, and Jermaine Curse both undrafted. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams the, from USC was like out of the league. <laughs> uh, we brought him back early, way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't work with like true number ones. And, he, and that's why I think Antonio Brown would be a good fit. But Antonio Brown's not going to like it because he's not going to get the production. Like he's just going to be like, all right, well, when the ball comes to me, I'll be happy. Yeah. But and I just got to trust that it's going to come to me. Um, plus I don't want to, I, I, I don't personally want Antonio Brown on our <laughs> team. Cause I mean, we're not, that's just a waste of asset. I think we, we, I'd rather have that in other places. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll I mean, listen, it, it, it's up to the Steelers now to, yeah. to, yeah. to try and get the most they can out of, 
arguably the best receiver in the game. It's probably going to be, you know, it's probably going to be somebody that already has a star receiver and try and pair him up. Yeah. Maybe New York Giants. That was the first team I just thought of. You know, maybe Philadelphia, you know, those New York, those NFC well, East teams. Speaking of Philadelphia, they they made a decision to not franchise tag Nick Foles, and that means he's going to become a free agent now. So. Yeah, good for him. That's so awesome. he's uh he's looking for the opportunity to get, get paid. paid, dude. He's gonna get paid for sure. <laughs> we he's, said that at the same time. He's gonna get paid for sure. He's he's super valuable right now. Um, well, I mean, the player option he was opting into was twenty million dollars, I think. Yeah, and we'll see where he goes. He's he could make any sort of decision. I I have no idea where his like loyalty lies because the only reason he came back to play was, uh, you know, because it was for the Eagles. Yeah, I think he was about to be out of football, and he it well because the Rams got rid of him. Yeah, it was basically I think a last ditch effort um, with Philly, and so he could go anywhere if he's got if he really wants to start and give it another go as like the starter and be the franchise guy, then he can do that. If he wants to just go sign and be the backup again somewhere then he might do that as well I, I really don't know but he's gonna get paid yeah and i mean listen if you got a super bowl mvp as your backup that ain't too half bad and not a lot of teams can say that yeah i gotta think someone old school like tom coughlin is gonna give him a call in jacksonville hey um, that'd be but the the new york giants are obviously the other one that's kind of obvious that's he could play you know they could they could buy him and and keep him as a backup yeah with quotation marks and he could, you know, that would be an easier transition from Eli if they don't, if they're not um, planning on drafting a quarterback. I think they are planning on yeah, drafting a quarterback. Yeah, I'm sure they are. We'll just see now, you know, Foles could change things. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the the new league year is starting up. We got the combine rolling this week. Combine uh, is like the start of the season. Yeah, in, in Indianapolis, so – we're getting that much closer to the draft, which means we're getting that much closer to to OTAs and and training camp, which means we're we're that much closer to football. Yep, it's a start. <laughs> the combines that's that's when it starts. It all starts with the rookies. Listen, we're because once the rookies fall into place and free agents fall into place, that's you know. Yeah, we're like what twenty days out from the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know that's wild. <laughs> that's how it goes. But the never the never ending news cycle. I wouldn't want it any other way. But all right. So since we haven't, well, since we since we last recorded, obviously some some tragic stuff happened in college basketball, and Zion Williamson suffered a grade one sprain of his right knee after basically doing the splits, and his uh, his foot busted through his shoe against rival North Carolina, Tyler's favorite team. Yes, sir. And Duke ended up getting the brakes beaten off of him. Yeah, they really didn't ever get close. Obviously, that injury shook their mentality because I definitely think they're still the more talented team. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know they're the more talented team. <laughs> I think it was like by landslide. Cam Reddish and uh, R.J. Barrett for sure could have taken over this game, but they're not in that mode. Yeah, it, it, it was shocking to me to see that. They've got to all of a sudden adjust their game on the fly. Well, it's just for me, it's just that. R.J. Barrett was came in ranked higher than Zion, and yeah. this was the perfect opportunity to prove why he was ranked higher, and he just didn't really yeah. do and much. And rankings are always weird. I mean, there's just so many different ones. No, it's listen, like, who are you going to go with? Ranking rankings are very political. I feel like there's there's always like two or three guys that are number one in the country or number two in the country. Yeah, but anyway, back to Zion. Coach K said there's no timetable for his return. Uh huh. 
Um, and the reality of this is this happened 33 seconds into the game. When it happened, Twitter was going nuts about college athletes need to get paid. The NBA needs to get done to the one or one and done rule, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, let me let me just set the ground for you, Tyler. <laughs> and I know you I know you watch the game and I'm, I'm spitting stuff that you probably already know. Oh, yeah. But let me just remind the folks at home. Spike Lee, Ken Griffey Jr., and President Obama were at this game mm-hmm. yep. specifically to see Zion. Yep. And, like, don't get me wrong. Yes, it was Duke-UNC, one of the greatest rivalries in all sports. But those people were there to see Zion play. And he got injured 33 seconds into the game. Yeah. The cheapest resale tickets for the game were north of $3,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren Ravel of the Action Network, informally of ESPN, reported that someone paid for four tickets, seven rows from the court at Cameron Indoor Stadium for a whopping $36,231. Was it Obama? No, it was not Obama because he, he had his... Or Griffey or... No, they had their feet on the wood, I'm pretty it, sure. He had to have been an ex-player. I mean, but, but regardless, they paid for four tickets for that game, seven rows from the court, $36,231. Guess what the face value for those tickets were? Hmm. <laughs> So several okay here. So at Cameron Indoor Stadium, seven rows back, it's gotta be like not. It's gotta be like, but for Duke, man, U, for Duke UNC, so it is a little inflated. And Zion, guess what? The resale value for those or the 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 face value the face value for those four tickets were combined. The, the four tickets combined. Four tickets combined. Six hundred bucks. Four eighty. Four hundred eighty dollars. So one hundred twenty dollars each. Yes, someone paid res- resale yeah, on th- like yeah. StubHub or something over thirty six thousand dollars. I'd do it, man. I'd pull that trigger. Like I said, that's the number one thing on the bucket list. If I got the money, fuck it. You got to be there. No, I it listen. Sucks. Design got hurt, but that's the best. Fan. That's just the best uh, atmosphere I've ever seen. So I mean, I'm throwing I'm throwing all these numbers and and money out at you because. Many former college and NBA players, as well as current NBA players, came out and said Zion needs to sit the rest of the year. Yeah, we talked about this on a on an earlier show. Yes, we have. Uh, before the fucking injury. Yeah, before before he even got hurt, and a lot of those same and current and former players said the NBA also needs to get rid of. Sorry, got a little interruption. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I saw you looking over there. Like, who the fuck is this? I'm definitely keeping this in, though. That's all right. <laughs> um, so, we, it, for those that don't know, we still record at CSUN, <laughs> which is, I mean, dope. It's amazing. Yeah. We love it yeah. here. Thank yeah. you. Shout out Aaron Bender. <laughs> crazy <Go> studio. <laughs> crazy nice studio. Yeah, but uh, some students walked into the other studio and kind of threw us off guard. But anyway, like I was saying. All these former players yeah. and current players were coming out saying they need to pay the players, like pay the athletes, and get rid of the one-and-done rule. And Zion needs to sit for the rest of the year. All these former players and current players were coming out and saying all this. He needs to sit out the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, he needs to, but he, he likes – I mean, he's 
he said multiple times uh, that he likes being there. He's he's made comments about liking the process and the experience of everything. That's high fine. school, AAU, college. But yeah, from a business standpoint, from you know the betterment of your family, you gotta shut it down. You can't you can't like succumb to greed. I guess not greed. That's no, the wrong it's not word. greed. But but it's like he wants he wants no to like he wants be, to he, he wants, wants to, to be with his te- this. he wants to be with his teammates he wants to play in these games he wants yeah. to play in the tournament yeah. but he's it's I bigger get it. than that exactly it, he's bigger than that so he's got to understand that like it's not all about like it's not all about him I mean he really can set up his family for generations if he does oh, this thing right yeah and I mean listen I think if he would have been allowed to go to the league straight from high school, he still would have been the number one pick in this year's draft. He 100% would have been the number one pick in the draft. So I don't care what anybody says about he has, like, taken his stock value and taken it to another level by being at Duke, which he might have, but he easily could have done it and taken it to even higher yeah. potential and the, and the, and even the, quicker in the nba and the thing is is like he could come back and prove the injury didn't like slow him down that could like raise his value but i think that he can show that the injury didn't slow him down without playing another game oh 100%. i think all the combine stuff and 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 runs and workouts they'll be able to see he's fine yeah well if he's fine that he's fine <laughs> yeah. hopefully he is i'm sure i'm i'm pretty sure he's gonna be fine yeah uh but what was cool and super unfortunate and uh, real quick it was super unfortunate but it was it's it shows that how how fucked up this ncaa stuff is oh how messed up it is um why why the the age rules should be done um i just think i i get that the ncaa gives you some things in return it's not like you're walking away empty-handed um, I think that the number one thing the NCAA gives you is exposure to the NBA teams at like a high level of basketball. Um, and then like uh, the scholarships probably like down the list a little bit is like the good the yeah. reason to go there. Um, but it's just like, man, if you're, if you're able to play in the pros, you should be able to play in the pros. It, I agree. This, this rule of you have to be 19 is just so the NCAA can make some money off you before you get to the NBA. Well, and another reason why the NBA is the greatest league in all of sports, and they said it isn't – they said it was just a coincidence that it came yeah, out the next that's day. Bullshit. It's 100% bullshit. But the next morning after this game where Zion got hurt, the NBA announced that they submitted a proposal to lower the draft age from 19 to 18 – but no one ex- no one expects any change to lower the draft age until about 2022. So I, well, they probably have to change some rules. Exactly. So we were talking about it last ep- last episode. I remember we were getting into some CBA talk, yep. and we couldn't remember when the last CBA went into effect, when the last lockout was, all of that. Mm-hmm. So the most recent CBA went into effect in 2017. It expires in 2023-2024. Yeah, see, 2007, that's when they dropped the Supermax shit, right? Yes. that is. See, what I knew it was super recent. I think yes. we said, I think I said 2016 on the show. Yeah, because the lockout was in 2010-2011, yeah. and that was two CBAs ago because yeah. this newest CBA... Passed without a lockout. Yes, because, yeah. Be- yeah. well, it technically... Did, had, had a lockout but didn't miss games? No. 
it was a you were right about 2016 because it was agreed on in 2016 to avoid a lockout. Yeah, it went into effect in 2017. See, we're on the right path for off the top. That shit's confusing. Yeah, but so it this expires after the 2023-2024 season. There's a mutual opt out in 2022-2023, so that is where I think potentially where the draft age could change in 2022. But the CBA doesn't necessarily. I mean, and I don't know the the language and the the logistics of it all, but the CBA doesn't necessarily have to change if they change the age rule, right? Well, it's part of the CBA, so they'd have to make an amendment to the CBA. Wh- what do you mean? Like the like, CBA is like the Constitution. No, I know. I the CBA is the collective bargaining agreement. It's just, yes, it's just for like revenue and salary purposes, right? Yeah, but but re- what? Cha- why would the status of a rookie change just because of his age? That's all based because of salary and stuff. But I mean, if like you know, like there's already eight, you know, like there's there's been an eighteen eighteen year like Marvin Bagley wasn't he eighteen last year when he got drafted? Or but but I mean even no. if they're nineteen going from eighteen no, it's, to nineteen, it's, it's nineteen or one year removed from high school. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the language. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that that you know. I think if they change the rule like next year, how would that affect the CBA like negatively? I'm like, not why would that uh, that I'm not sure. Like why would that change the status of the rookie? I think I th- if you're a rookie, you're a rookie. Like they don't have they don't. There's nothing in there. It's like if you come from college, you get this money. If you come well, from somewhere else, what, you get this money. So here, here's what I'm thinking. This proposal that the NBA submitted to the NBA Players Association says we're willing to do this, but you have to wait until 2022 when this opt out is, and we'll put it in the new CBA. Like ride this out until 2022. I know, but I think don't, you don't think that the like the draft age and the CBA are two different things. Like the CBA is just money based, and drafting draft like you know like it changing the 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 hand checking rule doesn't affect the doesn't affect the CBA. You know, and changing like defense in three seconds or a call on the floor. But no, or the CBA changing, the or CBA changing like no the, the C- technical like the technical rules or flagrant rules or, or that kind of stuff, those rule changes don't affect the CBA. Isn't that, isn't it categorized in like a rule change rather no. than, no, rather it's than all bargaining. It's a, a it's revenue chain. Like it doesn't change your revenue at all. No, be, no, it's, it's an agreement between the league and the players association and the players association's age requirements are 19 right now to make money in the league. Yes. So that's like the, where it's like you have to be to make to make money in the league. Or yes. So like you wouldn't be able to pay someone unless they had that done. Right. Because it's a private organization. They so you can, think they, they would have to change own. the the collective bargaining agreement to let high schoolers in? I'm pretty sure that's what you what you have yeah. to do. That's that's crazy. Well, because the it CBA just seems weird to me because it doesn't. I, I just feel like a rookie's a rookie. But the CBA on a contract basis. The CBA doesn't just deal with money. That's where that's where all the language for the drug testing goes. That's where all the language for the steroid testing goes. Like all of that stuff. I think you you think all why would the, why would that stuff go under money though? It's not under money. It's like the constitution of the NBA. But but the CBA is the collective bargaining agreement. Right. Yeah. But and you think that just encompasses all, all rules in the NBA? Yeah. Like I went to the CBA. I went like you can go to the NBA players. Yeah, I just I I just that's just interesting. I never knew that. I just always thought CBA is the money of the league. That's why it changes every like five years, rather than like rule changes can happen year to year. 
because you know well, like the board of governors the can works. well no the board of governors can vote like the board of governors and the the owners and all of that they can change rules within right but CBAs, that right? that's all voted like voted on they have to yeah. vote to add it to the cba so yeah. that's what i'm saying in this proposal the nba said to the players association we'll do this but you got to wait till 2022 yeah, yeah. that sucks it's too bad because i think it's going to be voted unanimously that like Oh, for sure, it's going to be voted Especially unanimously. If it comes down to the players, I think they're one hundred percent just going to vote almost, like I said, almost unanimously that they should drop the age. Yeah, and I mean, another another factor in like this whole thing is like, I, I tweeted after it happened, like once it was announced that Zion wasn't returning to the game, I wonder how many people just either changed the channel or turned the TV off completely because that's exactly what I did. I mean, probably a lot. Um, just be, like I mean, Obama left yeah, the game early. Yeah, yeah, if you weren't, I mean, if that's why you were watching. You're for sure gonna turn it off. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's crazy that it it it's took, just it's just sad. I mean, they, these things happen every now and then, where it's just like it's so fucked up when players get hurt in college. I mean, yeah, and I mean, listen, hopefully Zion's okay, but it's it's just crazy to me that it really took this for the conversation to there was like a wave on twitter well it's just because he was just so he's just so hyped that it's just like of course like fuck you know this is like the ultimate and we fucking told you like this is what we're fucking talking about people were saying the best example possible like the thing you would throw out you'd be like it'd be like if zion got fucking hurt you know like he's not helped that actually happened like worst case scenario (laughs) actually happened for the ncaa like the one guy in the in all of college sports, like football, basketball, in all of college sports, the one guy they couldn't let get hurt, yeah, because the 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 people and the media and everything would just be at their throats with Zion, and that happened. And I mean, people were saying he could have been the number one draft pick when he was sixteen. Yeah, he could have. He was. He's been a freak ever and since I've ever like ever since the first time I watched him play. And he's put on a hundred pounds since then. Yeah, that that's funny. That was a funny story. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, hundred pounds in five years or something like that. No, in like two years. Yeah, it was like his. It was like his growth for his big one was like to his freshman year, I think. Yeah, but no, he's put on like a hundred pounds since since. like sixteen, since he was like sixteen. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but when he was a sophomore in high school, he he was doing shit like he's doing in college. Oh yeah, he like just when he, and sit, when he when he was a sophomore, he was doing the the shit he's doing in the NCAA to high schoolers. Yeah, and I mean, people didn't think he could shoot then. It's just we weren't seeing it. We were only seeing the dunks. Yeah, and and it's like people, the jumper is just like the least of my worries for so like ninety nine percent. There's like weird, you know. There's weird cases with just the shot just never comes. Uh, but for the most part, you you can you can develop a shot <laughs> no matter yeah. what. That's just all. That's just all time in the gym. Yeah. But that's why people weren't worried. That's why you know, like Blake Griffin, it was just like, yeah, he can't shoot that great right now, but he, you know, he's gonna be a pro. He's gonna work on his jumper, and then it's gonna come later in his career, and his game's gonna be completely well rounded. Yeah. So, I mean, should we just? Give our state of the Lakers address. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the Lake Show. <laughs> oh man, Tyler. 
They're 29 and 31 right now. They're 11th in the West. Three games back now. Three games out of the eight seed. Yeah, not good. And this is the most frustrated I've been with the Lakers in a very long time. And I think let – me, let me get this out of the way now because I'm going to get into a lot of blaming LeBron for this. But I'm not blaming LeBron for everything. I'm blaming LeBron for a lot of his current actions – because ultimately, I think blame needs to go to everyone, from the front office to the players to everyone in between. No one has been doing their jobs to the expectations they were expected to do them at this season. And since the break, it started with the comeback victory over Houston, which was great. It was a great way to start the second half of the season or whatever you second, whatever you want to call this, because yeah. it's not exactly halfway. The start of the push, the playoff push, yeah. the start of it. Kuzma and Ingram came out fi- like firing on all cylinders since the break. Now, to lose to the Pelicans the way they did, who were on the second night of a back-to-back after losing in Indiana, and on top of that, they rested Anthony Davis, and then to lose to Memphis Monday night, the way they did, all hell broke loose on social media. Lakers Twitter was on fire. It was bad. LeBron has had some choice words for his teammates in the media as of late as well. And he's questioned his teammates on if basketball is the most important thing in their life after the Pelicans game. And then after the Grizzlies game, he was asked if the playoff push talk and pressure could be a distraction uh, for the players on the Lakers. And he said, if you're still allowing distractions to affect how you play, this is the wrong franchise to be a part of. Now, what I want to say to LeBron James is he needs to look in the fucking mirror. He keeps giving this basketball is the most important thing spiel when all this stuff keeps coming out in the media about what he is doing off the court. Space Jam 2, A&Ring 2 Chains' new album, shooting an episode of The Shop with Anthony Davis at All-Star Weekend. That's coming out on March 1st, which I'm very excited to watch because (laughs) I really want to see what Anthony Davis has to say. LeBron said he activated his playoff mode. I still haven't seen anything that resembles a playoff LeBron or a LeBron that has gotten to eight straight finals. He's playing absolutely no defense. They were 10th defensively when he got hurt, 7th while he was out. Lonzo was a big reason for that, and I hope people start to appreciate Lonzo for who he is as a basketball player and what he brings to this Los Angeles Lakers team. Yeah, nice for sure. Super important. And now since LeBron has been back from injury, they're in the mid-20s defensively. Yeah, yep. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot there. Uh, to address, I guess, but uh, yeah, I mean, oh, I'm not done. I have more. I can keep going. No, no, that's <laughs> yeah. Keep keep it rolling. Cause he said he isn't sure if his teammates have what it takes. Yep. Javale McGee just beat you in back to back finals. Tyson Chandler beat you in a finals. Rajon Rondo knocked you out of the playoffs on the way to a championship. The, those guys didn't beat LeBron. 
listen, they got rings and they know what it takes to win an NBA championship. Yes, yes, they do. And uh, Lance and, but, Stevenson has had plenty of playoff guys, battles. Those guys are not playing. You know, those guys are not the the issue. I well, guess. exactly. So ipso facto, LeBron's calling out the young core, who the Lakers brought you in, LeBron, yeah. to help guide these young players to yeah, the playoffs. That's what he's trying to do. I think. I think this is what this is how he leads. This is how Throwing he, veiled shots in the media to the, this is that's how he not does how it. you lead. Well, this is how he leads. I mean, this is how he's always done it. Uh, he's the he is the. I mean, he's the best player in the the universe the last ten years. Whether you want to say he is this year or not, whatever. But the last, you know, the last decade. Yeah, I feel dumb. I feel a lot more confident about me he's, putting Kevin Durant at number one in dominant, the small forward rankings. He's, well, I'm not ready to say all that, and he's he's dominated the league. Um, so he has a little leeway to say. And here's the thing: is like he already knows everyone's gonna blame. This is my big thing about it. Uh, all of this, like him talking to the media and people, he's all he all is going to be the one to blame. They they miss the playoffs. He's the one to blame. They make the playoffs. It's because of him. That's what. That's how. That's the burden he's had on his shoulders his whole career, right? He has. He always has this. Like so, him getting this is like a trickle down in a in a job. You know what I mean? The 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 upper management to the management to the employees. It's you know he's he's getting on him because it's about it's his legacy. You know what I mean? These guys he's playing with. You're playing with LeBron. You're playing in his legacy. It's, he's not, he is the most important part of the team, whether you want to admit that, whether that's right or how it should be, or whether you like LeBron or you don't, that's what it is. It's LeBron's team. It's his, it's, it's his legacy. They're playing for him. So his sense of urgency is much, much, much higher than these guys. I think JaVale and Rondo, those guys are not who he's like worried about locking it in. You know, I definitely think he's talking to the younger core. Um, and I definitely think that, like, Lonzo hurts. Like, missing Lonzo hurts big time. Oh, it's been brutal without him. And I think the defense, the, the other thing with the defense, I just don't think he trusts his teammates. That's why he's playing so much free safety and playing so off. He's playing so off that – um, it's because he's trying to do too much on defense. I think he's trying. He's to not like doing cover. anything on defense. He's trying to cover for everybody, and in a sense, he's not. He's not covering his guy, which is not normally what like he doesn't trust his teammates. Well, that's he a doesn't. problem. He doesn't. Well, and th well, that's the thing. But at the end of the day, I still think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. Oh no, I'm not I losing faith. Th I I think LeBron can carry a team, and we just got to see how he's going to do it. Um, as far as like playing wise, and he's in the Western Conference now. That's a that's a big well. That's a big part of all of this. It's that's like a huge part of he this. He can he can take over games, but his schedule's been a lot harder than it was in years past. So welcome to the big leagues. That's how. Oh, I mean, he's been in the finals last eight years. Okay? But he's, he's in the been in the big leagues. He's he's gotten the, he's gotten he's to beating the, the teams he wasn't supposed to be able to beat. He's gotten to the finals in the Eastern Conference eight years in a row. That does that. So he's done it. Ex like exactly what he was supposed to do yeah okay so yeah. like he did what he, if he didn't make it then you could be like he didn't make it but if he did it every fucking year then he did it like there's no taking away from that that's not a bad thing but listen um, he's in the big leagues now the western conference is a different animal it is and i think the schedule has definitely reflected that i think the um the injuries have definitely hurt i'm not trying to make excuses i think that um that's just why the lakers haven't won they have no chemistry um they've had a ton of injuries and you know they're just not 
yeah, they're separated right now. They've gone through a lot of adversity, but I think LeBron's going to be able to lock in with these young guys. Um, he better. He's just such a personable person. I think they like him. You know what I mean? They like him, but there's just a lot going on um, where they really do. they got to lock in. And, and quite frankly, if you don't – like Shaq said it best, if you don't want to be traded, then you got to step up. No, 100%. You can't, you can't make this blame game like, oh, it's because of this or that. It's like, well, then you're going to get traded. It's a business. It doesn't no, matter. What, no, what 100% agree is. with you. Um, you got to take care of your own. Uh, but you, so you, you brought up LeBron's legacy when you were, when you were talking. Yep. And that's, that is exactly why he's talking to these players. Those are where those comments are coming. This is not so, their legacy. They are not, they are covered by him. Like whatever happens, it's not on them. You know what I mean? If this, if this young Laker court wasn't ready to make the playoffs, like without him, you would never know. You'd always put it on him. I'm so glad. I'm really so glad you brought this up. Like un, like warranted, unannounced. Like because let me just say this: for those that don't know or can't tell, here in Los Angeles, Laker fans especially. We don't care what you did for anyone else or any other franchise during your career. We care about what you do for us. When Kobe was on the downslide, we booed those teams at times. And we will sure as hell boo LeBron and this team when they don't perform to expectations. For sure. And they haven't. For sure. Win a ring or the season is a bust, plain and simple. No player is above the purple and gold, and LeBron is no exception. Uh you know that may be that may be true to a to a sense but this this era of the lakers is lebron's le- is part of lebron's legacy that's that's what it is that's who they're playing on this is not a this is a laker team that hasn't made the playoffs the last 5 years he's not joining forces with shaq he's not joining forces with kobe or jerry west or magic johnson he's doing it with a bunch of young guys that hadn't done shit but he's but, but lose. He is supposed he's trying to teach these guys how to win. He 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 is that big. I mean, that is his legacy. He is the match with the Lakers. That's that's there's only guys like Jordan and and LeBron probably are the only ones that could do something like that. Do you know what I mean? They are as big as the they are as big as the franchises. The Lakers have everything. They didn't need him, but now they have him. And he's part of the Lakers. Not and many people here wanted him. But those are the fans. The fan that that, that doesn't really. No, the fans I'm, that's are, what I'm saying. You know that's what, I mean? what I'm the, saying. The fans. I definitely know that th- this was a weird thing for the NBA because I grew up talking about Kobe or LeBron religiously, and now so did the, I. And now those families are married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now the the Kobe fans and the LeBron fans have to coexist together, yeah. and they fight it. You know what I mean? It, this oh, is you should have seen. Is, this is like one of those things where the LeBron, like the Laker fans that didn't like LeBron, are like we, you know, we hated LeBron. LeBron, fa- the LeBron fans are like, why the fuck do we go to the Lakers? They're just blaming each other. See, this is because that's how big they are. That's they are on they are on equal planes. They have to like, in order to like get to greatness, we they gotta he's gotta get everybody's shit in gear this, because that's how big. The story is. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you're not collapsing some fucking random franchise, right? This yeah. is like big time. This is going to be in the history books of the NBA, oh. good or bad. Written in How stone. do you want it to read? You know what I mean? You can't just blame it on LeBron. No, I'm no, you, and, and I'm not. I'm and not. I know you're not. And but but I, and ultimately, like what I like when I said first is LeBron gets the praise and he gets the blame. That's it. He knows yeah. that he's been bur- he's been burdened that. 
with his, his entire career. Years, since he was 18 years old, the NBA, that's how it's been. Um, and and so, you know, it's it's just – I get defensive because just because it's going bad, that's and when I, and people I, jump and on him. And I'm getting defensive because I'm such a – like, I'm putting the Lakers above everybody. Well, which you – and you should, and that's cool, but it's like – He's still your best chance. No, and, and trust me, you know if, I mean? if, if anybody understands that, I do. And, and, uh, and, I, and I think he's still going to be able to kick it. I think it's still going to come. And listen, when they make the playoffs, because I still think they can, I will be the first person to praise LeBron for getting him to the playoffs because he will be the one to have done it. Yep. And and so it's you know it's but a, it's a weird it's a I think people are are overreacting on both sides. Well, when when you're talking about this marriage between the Kobe stands and the LeBron stands and the Lakers stands versus versus everybody else and all of that, yeah, you're, that you're you're LeBron your buddy that your buddy that loves LeBron's got to wear purple and gold, and your buddy that bleeds purple and gold's got to wear LeBron jersey, which I have yet to do. That's this. That's that's how. It, I mean, that's how it goes. That's that's what happens when two like two things that big in sports meet up. But for me, with the with like LeBron's leadership style, it's especially with all these veiled shots at the young core in the media. It's been way too much me and them in the media quotes coming from LeBron, and not enough we. Mm-hmm. And it really all started in Indiana with the picture. Uh, of the bench where he sat at the end and there were three or four seats in between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's frustrated though. Start, don't, don't think that you think Kobe and Mike never alienated themselves from the team. Oh, I'm sure they did. Okay. I know we're, they we did. Are, we are. LeBron is like the, the child, the God child of the social media era. He's like the first one. Well, the and first speaking, mega star speaking of, of social era. media, another problem I had with LeBron, another personal congratulations of a personal milestone on social media he did you see this do you know what he achieved yeah the top 10 and yeah so because he's he's celebrating his career okay he feels good about what he's accomplished because he's doing things that nobody else has done but when you have allowed to he is allowed to be proud of himself for doing so much it's not like he's a bad guy he's i'm not saying he's a bad guy but picture it people looks want, people love to hate him. Tyler, it looks really bad when Brandon Ingram is in the media when asked how his 32-point game when he's 12 of 18 from the field, how he feels about his game, and he says his game doesn't mean anything cuz they lost. Yeah. That's good. That's a good that's a good attitude. But it doesn't look good when LeBron is congratulating himself on social media and BI is saying that in the media. He's not talking about a 32-point game where he went 12 of <laughs> fucking whatever from the field. He's talking about something that nobody in the league has ever done. Not only is he the only one to do that, he's the only non-point guard in the top 10 in assists. And he's going to be in the top 10 in rebounds. And he's probably going to be in the top 5 in scoring. Maybe number 1. Who knows? He's already in the top five in scoring. Or yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it was six. I don't know. No, don't know no, he he moved into five this year. That was this year. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Enough LeBron talk because, like I said when I started this whole Laker talk, is I don't think LeBron is just to blame for all of this. I think he's still got magic up his sleeve. I think he can still limp into the playoffs. No, I um, think I think they're still going to figure out a way to make it to the playoffs. They got to figure out a way to maybe. What's going to be funny is if he limps into the playoffs, is playing the Warriors for the fifth year in a row. <laughs> well, that could be that. That's a good story. Let's, that's let's, a good storyline. We'll get there when we get there. But it's getting really hard for me to see 
Luke as part of the solution. Now, I don't think he's the main problem. I don't think he's the problem, but like this is one of those things where you got to blame somebody. Well, and here's the problem. LeBron has basically dismissed Luke as the head coach, I feel like, and the vets have followed suit. Oh, I've never seen that fucking happen before. It's because LeBron is the coach. <laughs> Jesus, Tyler. Th- that's how, that's oh. how it goes, man. That's what you, it's, you I hate get, that he's doing this to my favorite team, Tyler. Get, you don't get part of it. You get the whole fucking thing, all right? You don't just get to pick and choose which parts of this LeBron you want. You, you take it all, and he's a completely dominant personality of a franchise it's i mean you know i think i think mike and kobe questioned phil you know what I of mean? course they did and that's phil not fucking <laughs> ty Lu or luke walton hello or kobe had rudy mike brown kobe had rudy tom Jonovich for a year and a half and he probably he probably abused the shit out of rudy well he T. made rudy he T. made phil retire and rudy t yeah exactly that's what that's why it's like dude the the stuff of the coach yeah that's what that's what they that's what these people do but it just it it's really unfortunate i feel like because luke is really getting the short end of the because stick because it's their legacy you know what i mean it's their legacy that's why they're freaking out that's why they're taking control yeah. and they want to grab the franchise by the neck yeah. that's that that's their mentality as an athlete and a superstar athlete a yeah. generational type player yeah it's just i wish luke could have like when LeBron, I, w- I hope when LeBron, Luke's when LeBron able to got here, out, but I, I think he's not going gonna, to. I think they're going to end up making him the scapegoat, which well, is too bad. Because I, I think, honestly, I think the number one thing this year has been injuries. If they, if I think if we would be healthy, well, we'd be, in, you know, we'd be at least like a game closer than we are now. That was that was going to be my next point after after Luke was injuries. Yeah, but L- Lonzo is extremely important to the team. Uh, in so many different ways, you know what I mean. There are and way too many bo- box score LeBron, critics out there, and LeBron, LeBron made a lot of, or so, I'm sorry, missed a lot of time as well. So, yeah, he missed 18 games. So it has, you know, we've and Rondo's missed time, and I think all three of those guys are the, those three guys are the leaders as far as the pace and the tempo and the flow of the game. They're the ball handlers. Yeah, for sure, but. Um, Oh, jeez. Lost my train of thought. That's because you've just been so dead set on disrespecting Braun the whole fucking Well, time. I haven't been disrespecting him. I'm just telling him to look in the fucking mirror I'm just when saying, he's talking about distractions. I mean, he does. He already knows. He takes he takes more criticism than anybody. Him giving, him giving the young guys some shots, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, duh. He's fucking <laughs> duh. Like, he's not trying to miss the playoffs. He's already had to like people give him shit for losing in the finals. What kind of shit you think he's gonna get for not making the playoffs? Like, oh. <laughs> it's just it's like so duh. He's got duh. He's freaking out. L.A. might burn if we miss the playoffs this year. And as far as like the like the two chains and the interview with Ant Davis, it's like, dude, LeBron has been to eight straight finals. He can do. He can get away with more than these other guys. He's done it before. We know what he's gonna bring to the table. It's I I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think he's being irresponsible, uh, and I don't think he's distracted. I think he's locked in. No, I listen, at the end of the day, I know basketball is most important to LeBron right now, but it doesn't look good when he's saying all this no, stuff and no, it comes out no, coincidentally. It and you're right. It doesn't look good. It's just the era we live in, we're just, we have so much information on these guys. We know where they're at all the time. 
and they post about it. So we know what they're doing every second of the day. Yeah. So we, you know, we take our little magnifying glass and just rip it apart. <laughs> yeah. No, trust me. Uh, my magnifying glass was in full work mode after the, after the Grizzlies lost because I was tweeting away. And a lot of other people were following suit with me because Lakers Twitter was on fire that night. And the Kobe stands, the LeBron stands. Twitter is where you can overreact. It's where you can get into the moment. And it's a a great way to let frustration out because I felt a lot better after. It's like, yeah, the the second they clinch a playoff spot, it's just like, all right, whatever, we did it. Yeah, it's all it's all that's the ro- all we were supposed to do this year. So it's, fuck it. It's the roller coaster of the season. You can lose four. Ga- you can get swept in the first round. Just make the playoffs. Listen, and here's the thing. I saw so many people saying that the Lakers need to shut LeBron down for the season. Just ta- like basically tank the rest of the year, not make the playoffs. I think getting to the playoffs is so important for Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, the entire young core. Because they've never experienced it, and the playoff atmosphere in the NBA is something that you can only experience in the playoffs. Yep. And that the experience—they well, don't know how to win. But that's they, exactly they don't my know, point. They don't know what it's like to come in and be like, "We're beating every team we play." They don't. That's not how they think. Exactly. But even getting, let, let's say, the Lakers get the eight seed and they got to play the Warriors in the first round. I think even getting swept in the first round by the Warriors yeah, is okay. Is still beneficial for the Lakers. Absolutely. That's why I said, and that's what I, that's what I that's what I meant by that comment. It's like, just just get there. That's 100%. all. That's all we were supposed to do this year. There was no other expectations at all. Hundred percent to do anything else. We can lose four games in a row. It don't even matter. We just need to taste it and know that we can. They can do it. Yeah. Exactly. And just just that taste of the playoffs, those four games, maybe even five, if we can squeak one out, mm. will be so beneficial to the careers of, of the young core and given the, giving them the playoff experience they need coming into the next season to where hopefully we get a second star and put this shit all together and really compete next year. Hopefully. So now, now that we're 60 games into the season – uh, I I kind of wanted to to talk about some surprises and disappointments uh, as far as teams go this year, and I mean we'll start we'll start with the disappointments because I mean we just talked about one team that I have on my disappointments list. Yeah, of course. For at length, uh, obviously the Los Angeles Lakers, twenty nine and thirty one. Like we said, they're eleventh in the West. Uh, you kind of get the deal. We if you want to go back and re listen huh. to to what we just said, if you're you're somehow just getting to this part. <laughs> we decided to hop in 53 minutes in. There it is. So, yeah, the Lakers, my number one biggest disappointment. Definitely. Uh, another team that I have disappointed uh, as a disappointment this year, the Lakers' biggest rival, the Boston Celtics. They're 37-24. and 24. They're fifth in the East right now. And – it's crazy to me that we're 60 games in and we're still asking the question, can the Celtics figure it out? Yeah, no, I feel like we've, we've been, we've been asked this question all year and I just, and that's not I a still, good, that's just, not a good thing. No, it's not, but I just always go back. I mean, there's always a team I'm going to pick out of the East this year that that rosters is too talented and too stacked from top to bottom that I just feel like they can, they can win it at any, at any time. Yeah. 
I mean, for me, it's just they're. I think in a seven, you know, the playoffs. Once they get to the playoffs, they're going to be good. You don't want to play the Celtics in the playoffs. They're just a completely different team, though, with Kyrie and without. It's just when Kyrie makes sense, but it's you know. But when they're when Kyrie's on the floor, they can't seem to figure it out. Well. They got it's, blown out by 30 last night to Toronto. No, it, it has not been a good – I mean, it hasn't been great in the win-loss section, but it's a new team. There's a lot of new faces. Uh, it's a different vibe than it was last year. There's different leadership. Like you said, Kyrie's back. Gordon's back. They're both trying to find their roles, whether – you know, Gordon's trying to figure out what he can bring to the table. Kyrie is trying to be the killer that he is. And he, you know, we t- we talked about him earlier in the season hitting LeBron up and realizing yeah. what it takes to really be the killer in the franchise. Did leader. you see? Did you see the picture of them in the? Wait, what? So the there's a picture last night of Kyrie looking at Jason Tatum and Jason Tatum not looking at Kyrie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's a very similar picture to LeBron looking at a young Kyrie. Yeah, exactly. They just they don't understand because they're because. Jason Tatum's playing in Kyrie's legacy, and now Kyrie has that sense of urgency. Like, listen, I am trying to, you, you are in the like, you are the. I have to have you. You have to be on board with me. Um, I need Jason Tatum to, you know, to fulfill my to fulfill my legacy. So that's where like he's realized that's what LeBron was freaking out about. Like, I, I think it's different. I think it's different though, because Jason Tatum basically led the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So but, but that but that doesn't mean anything. You know, that doesn't mean anything to Kyrie. That's like small potatoes. That's why he's like that's why his senses are he needs Jason Tatum. He needs another guy. Jason Tatum's his other guy and he needs him to he wants him to be on his level at all times. And Jason Tatum has just not like I mean Jason Tatum is a stud. He's a killer. He's right there. He's just not there as far as like his career's perspective. You know, Kyrie's in in his peak. Jason Tatum is on his way up. Um Yeah, I mean, I I just think that that team's still going to figure it out. That, you know, Jason Tatum did did lead them last year, but Terry Rozier was playing monstrous. Um they had bit, they were playing big time. They were picking up these pieces all over the place. Um and now those pieces have to take a small role, and it's it's harder to like mesh together like that. Um, but I expect Brad Stevens is a great coach, so he's gonna ha- you know I think he'll have them prepared as well. Um, and Kyrie will be able to win them games down the stretch. Yeah, I mean it's for me it's just tough because they're not a disappointment to me. I mean, look. I guess is my main point. Well, I'm looking. I at- think yes, wins and losses is not what you wanted. But I didn't expect that, you know, I didn't expect them to, like, necessarily, you know, dominate as far as wins goes. I just knew that this team, if they can get their shit together and play with each other, that when playoff time comes in a seven-game series, they're going to be tough to beat. They have all the all the check marks. Well, so if the playoffs were to, were to start today, mm-hmm. they'd be the fifth seed. Yeah. They would not have home court advantage, yeah. and they'd be facing the 76ers in the first round. Mm-hmm. I th- they can get that. I think they got that. Uh, well, first of all, that, I mean, uh, that's first a, of all, that's a this tough matchup. Th- th- first of all, this was brought to my attention, and I didn't realize this, but uh, Al Horford has owned Joel Embiid in his career. He has because Joel Embiid is an athletic guy that gets people. You know, he 
he's tricky. I mean, he has his Euro steps. He has his pump fakes. He has different things. But Al that, Horford's mobile enough to be able to defend that. No, no, no. It's not mobility. It's intelligence. I think Al Horford's not falling for shit. I mean, he, yeah, he's no, saying for sure. solid. I, I think he doesn't take a play off. We'll be, he's not going to get emotional. He's not letting Joel Embiid get in his head. He's not going to be – he's not going to – he's not like – he doesn't have anything to prove Joel. Like, well, he's not going to go at Joel Embiid. He's going to play solid all the time. And I think that I think that has a lot to do with Al Horford, the beginning of his career, having to go against players like KG and Tim Duncan. Al Horford is a fucking stud. I yeah, mean, no, Al Horford's great. I think Al Horford is like one of those guys that's like borderline Hall of Fame. Um, if he gets if he gets to the gets to the finals with Boston, he'll probably he'll probably be be even closer. But this dude has made a ton of playoff runs. He was a centerpiece for a great team in Atlanta for a long, long run. He's been great for Boston, two time national championship in college. I mean, Al Horford can play. I'm a big time Al Horford fan. Yeah, and and Ben Simmons, I just you know his ability not to close a game like from the perimeter is tough in the yeah. seven game series. You know, they it's too hard. I just had this conversation with somebody uh, yesterday. It's too hard when your go to player is a big guy. You yeah, know, because seven game series always come down to those close games where who's who's closing this game out for you? Yeah, for sure. And it's tough to get a big guy the ball yeah. that consistently to, like, dominate. I mean, which is why they got Jimmy Butler. You know, you'd hope that that's what it is. But I just think Ben Simmons is too um, dominant of, like, a personality. He's going to want to take the shots. Yeah. Uh, another team that was disappointing uh, in my eyes, uh, and a lot of people aren't going to think this team has been a disappointment just because uh, a lot of people thought this was going to be par for the course for them. But – the Chicago Bulls, I just feel like that that hype of that lineup of like Chris Dunn, yeah. Zach Levine, Wendell Carter Jr., Lowry Markinen, and I'm forgetting one more. It was Jabari Parker. Yeah, it was Jabari Parker, who is no longer <laughs> on the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. yeah, no, they did they did sell us on a pipe dream, but Yeah. So I mean, they're sixteen and forty five, they're thirteenth in the East. Uh they had they fired their head coach in the middle of the season. So that obviously turned into a dumpster fire. I think when we look back at this, we'll realize that the hype was like, we were really blinded by the hype. hundred percent. They weren't that great about hundred percent. It reminds me of the clip show with the young guns and Darius miles and Quentin Richardson and, and Corey McGetty and all these guys were like, they were good. They were solid hoopers, but their hype was like a level 100. Yeah. But they weren't like, there was no star. There was no takeover star. So they were losing games left and right. Because it's like a bunch of role players. All these guys need to disperse and be with other players. Yeah. And my big disappointment this year w is really on one guy, but it in turn made the team a disappointment, and that's the Wizards. Oh, I, think, I didn't even consider them because of what happened with the injury. Well, because I think coming into the, this year, I, it was the narrative for us. I think both of us was this is like your last leg of this yeah. team, and let's see what you can do with it. And John Wall came in out of shape, and then <laughs> yeah. he gets hurt, and they play in and bad. then he gets um, hurt, hurt again. And basically, you know, Bradley Beal is the only bright spot on this team. So, did you see uh, what Bradley Beal said no. the other day? He said he would like to die in his Wizards jersey. Yeah, that's and that's and that's cool. It, it's cool when you guys say stuff like that, but. Whatever, you know, in two years he could be asked for a trade and it doesn't matter. It's not <laughs> like he signed anything to hold accountable to those words. You know what I mean? Sign a contract then. Yeah. But now the last team that I'm disappointed in, the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
And see, I I had them on the outside looking in before it, this season started. I no, it's it has nothing to do with where they're ranked and their their record and all of that. It has everything to do with what happened over the summer with Jimmy. In the practice? In the practice and the whole chain reaction of everything that but has happened since. I definitely lost a lot of respect for Cat and Wiggins. Um but I outside of that, I that's about it. You know, I didn't think this team they were just they just never I just never saw it getting put together. It just wasn't the right fit. They you know, new coach Tibbs is out, right? Yeah, Tibbs it's, is out. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I just I just I saw them miss the I saw them as like a ten seed team. Yeah. All right. So who do you got as some surprises? Because uh, I think I think we might have a few similar ones. Number one surprise in the league, Kings. Sacramento Kings. I didn't even have the Kings on my list. Number one surprise in the league to me. Yeah, they're in the ninth seed right now, but I had the I didn't think this team would um, No, they have proved I thought, I thought they were gonna be top five pick again no they've proved a lot of people wrong this year uh i think they're gonna be a playoff push team next year i, I think they ended up missing it this year um but next year they had they had a great experience of pushing it and playing well together the whole year winning a ton of games and uh, another offseason together with darren fox buddy healed bogdanovitz harrison barnes marvin bagley willie collie stein i mean that's gonna be a super solid core to bring back next year um, and now I think they all took a step forward. So it's like that yeah. team grew very, very fast. Um, and I would say like second place is Indiana. I have Indiana as well because Indiana, it's not, I mean, I had them as a playoff team. I just, I didn't see this, this, this like sustained success. I think everybody had those monster four teams. Well, and you know, everyone had those top four teams is the same. And Indiana kind of fell from that five to eight seed somewhere. But not only have they kept winning, you know, they, not only have they won all year, they've kept winning without Vic. Exactly. Since Victor Oladipo has been out, they lost like the first three games, but they were able to right the ship and they're third in the East now. Yep. So another team that I had as a surprise is sixth in the East, and that's Brooklyn. Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn was, yeah, Brooklyn's definitely, Brooklyn's definitely in my top four. They were, they were one of the four teams I named. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely a huge surprise because like I, I mean, mean they they had an all star they had an all star this year and his name is fucking D'Angelo Russell I still can't believe that they're gonna make the playoffs um, that's that's wild but Jared Allen's super nice I'm a big fan Karis Levert is the future for them I no that's supposedly what Joe Harris said on a on a podcast I was listening to yeah, well Joe Harris is my boy but Joe Harris was getting a little tipsy or something between <laughs> that be, before that podcast because. Karis LeVert is not the fucking future. I mean, first of all, no disrespect. I, I hate that I even, like, you just triggered a Karis LeVert <laughs> rant, and it's in the negative light because I like Karis LeVert. But he's not – you know what? Never mind. Joe Harris is who I blame, even though that's my boy right there. Uh, yeah, man, that's not that's not it. It's Jared Allen. It's D'Angelo Russell. That's their – Spencer Dinwiddie. Don't forget about him. I love Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie is – I love watching him play. If he didn't but get, if he I'm didn't talking, get I'm talking about the future here. All right, Dinwiddie's going to go get paid by somebody else, I, no, I, or he's going to get traded. I don't think he's part of their building block for the future. 
I think he he's but uh, no D'Lo and he's one of those guys that's always going to get disrespected where he goes. He's never going to be appreciated the right way. Well, if he didn't get hurt, he probably could have won Sixth Man of the Year this year. That's why he's gonna, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know what I mean? Like this guy does his job and he balls when he plays, but he's never like given the quite the right shot. I hope he finds a home somewhere where he can be. He should go to fucking Detroit. That would be. I mean, that would be sick. You know, they need somebody that he can, started in Detroit at one I point. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what. That's why. Like, that was what I, kind of why I said that. It's <laughs> like I, I wish that that would have worked out because they need that. You know, he'd be such a perfect complement to Reggie Jackson. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, Brooklyn was definitely in my top four as, uh, as surprises. Um, and then the, my my fourth um, was uh, was Denver. Yeah, I got Denver, and then uh, just because like. The number two seed is just wild, and they're within a game of. You, uh, yeah. They're within a game of the Warriors. Um, I definitely like them as a team, but I didn't. I just. I didn't see this, but Jokic and Mike Malone, killing it. They're great. My uh, Jokic was. I, I said earlier that you know it's hard for a team to win when their go-to guy's a, a big guy, and Jokic is another one where I think Denver is going to be upset alert for first round. Yeah. I just. I, they're just too. I just don't know if they got enough juice to yeah, win I don't a know seven if they game can, series especially right now. In the West. Yoke, it's just tough. I, I pose the question: What what player are you running to win the game with Denver? It and it's <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> that's what he said. You know, which is nice because if It's rolling, they can't go to him in the end of the game. But Jamal Jamal Murray, I see where we see where he's going. I mean, yeah. he's a star on the rise. I think he's still a step away. Jokic is there one hundred percent, but. I don't know if Jokic can win a seven-game series right now, especially because he's he's probably gonna have to play like Gobert or <laughs> Stephen Adams, and you he's know. so slow and unathletic. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of good centers in the West. Not that he's not he's better than those guys. Those are just not easy matchups. Right now, if the playoffs ended today, it'd be the Nuggets and the Clippers in the first round. Clip show, baby. They have they're. I mean, that's a they're a big surprise. We got we got to throw them in there. I'm not. But my, my not last, a, you're not surprised at the seven seed. So, oh, so you had them in the playoffs. No, I did not. Saying. No, I didn't, no, real, I didn't I realize you had the Clippers. Eric, the Duke of Sports Clark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Y'all oh, you, can hear me. <laughs> yeah, turn the mic up because he's not surprised in the seven seed. That's right where he had them. No, I, I did not have them making the playoffs. I pulled up my notes from when we did our season preview. So so how how close are you right now? How many teams you got? I have 11 of the 15 right now. If they if the playoff oh, 11 play, of the 16 you mean? Yeah, yeah, sorry. If I if the playoffs started today, I have 11 of the 16. Oh god, let me count. Okay. But I'm still, I'm still. One, I think Miami can. I think Miami. I can't and, do this right uh, now. Miami and the Lakers, I think, still have a shot. So I could, I could end up, you know, closer to that number. Yeah. Um. No, not a lot. I don't think. I, I don't think I've gotten a lot right. No, I, eh, I probably have at least ten. You're probably close to where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. There's, there's like nine locks, you know. Yeah, but the la- the last surprise for me. Uh, is actually the team with the best record in the NBA, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks, because they're the best team. In the yeah, NBA. I mean, I just never thought I would say the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in the NBA. I'm pretty sure I've said it before. You know, I think back the the Bucks had it. The Bucks had you a good might, run. You might have to the, back in the day. I'm well, talking way back. I'm not talking. 
recent. You might have to hit up Michael J. Fox. You got to read the George Carl book, man. There's some good stuff on that Bucks team. He's like, we should have won. Probably. Uh, well, you remember the, they're the only ones to sweep the, the Kobe and Shaq Lakers that year? And in the Eastern Conference, now this is like NBA conspiracy right here. This is big, you know, this is in the book too. This is good. Uh, and they, <laughs> you and, just got so excited. You should see the look on your face just now. In 2001, um, in the Eastern Conference Finals, it was the Milwaukee Bucks who were the had the best record mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. Only team that year to sweep Kobe and Shaq. All right. In the regular season. It, well, okay. But obviously, they didn't play them in the finals. Well, I'm um, just saying. But they, but the only team to do it, okay. Yes. R- regardless, and um, and uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals is the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Philadelphia 76ers. and Mr. Allen Iverson was on that team, and he was MVP of the league. And basically, George Carl believes because this happened to him in the '90s as well with Charles Barkley. He believed that the NBA was like rigging series to get the best team versus the MVP. Mm. You know what I mean? They want Kobe and Shaq versus the MVP. They don't want the Milwaukee Bucks or the Seattle Supersonics. You know, Milwaukee is this small market team that's not very marketable at all. No huge names. I mean, Ray Allen and Glenn Robinson are like the stars. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and that series, um, he, he, I mean, I don't, I don't have the book in front of me, but he points it to one game. I mean, he said it, he thinks, you know, it was it was rigged. They wanted Iverson in there, so they were going to make it happen. <laughs> Dwayne Wade hit a game winner against the Warriors tonight. God bless Dwayne Wade. A one-footed three. Yeah. He's having so much fun with it. It's great. It's awesome that his son. He got cornrows now. Yeah, it's awesome his son's been able to experience a bunch of it, too. It's Badass Z Wade's yeah. gonna be a killer. Oh, dude, I can't wait for Z Wade to be. He in might the not. League. He might not be like the best like prospect ever. You know what I mean? Like he'll be in the league though. All his measurables or his his you know his his game and and all this, but he's gonna have the killer mentality. I think he's got the closer mentality. Yeah. The Isaiah Thomas, the Damian Lillard, the Kobe Bryant, you know, the Kyrie Irving. I think he's gonna have that. Yeah. All right, you got a you got a shout out before we get out of here. I am going to shout out the North Carolina Tar Heels <laughs> for whooping that ass. <laughs> I'm not taking no fucking excuses. I don't care about Zion. I, well, no, I care about Zion, <laughs> but I don't care that you guys were missing a star. You had plenty of stars. Not only did you lose, you got your ass whooped. Um, and so I'm gonna shout out my boys because they went in to Cameron Indoor Stadium and they fucking took home a dub. All right, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Doc Rivers. Fuck yeah. For calling a timeout and taking the PA mic with nine seconds left and encouraged yeah. all the Clipper fans at Staples Center to to give Dirk Nowitzki a standing ovation. Uh, Dirk was obviously very appreciative, and I just love how all these teams are giving Dirk the, the farewell tour type Dude, because love. he deserves it, man. I mean, he is so likable. But here's the thing. He hasn't retired. Okay. He's he's even gone on record and said he is not officially retiring they at did the end to, of the season. They, yeah, and I, I don't know. They did this to Ginobili, too. People just yeah. don't remember that. I mean, they they kind of did do it to Ginobili. The, his last we game, were there for it. His last game, they were cha- like his last game last year in San Antonio. They were like gave him like a standing ovation, and he yeah. came back this year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like no, he I, didn't. No, he re- no, that was two years ago. This is Monty's first year out the league. 
Yeah. Well, okay. So yeah. So the like he came back after he yeah. had a standing ovation. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like he's been he's he's been contemplating retirement for the last few years, but he's never officially retired. It's just it's just funny to me that all these teams are giving him the farewell tour type yeah. love, but he hasn't yeah. officially said he's retiring. Yeah, because you never know, man. You never know. Yeah. But with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pachulki. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK Show. Or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Please tune in to the next episode. There's about to be a roast of centers. It is going down. (laughs) Well, it's not a roast of centers, but it's the top 20 centers. It's going to be a roast. Tune in, please. Peace.